0: back to another episode of Rent Free. I'm your host, Drew Vandermore, and we have just a phenomenal interview today for you guys. Ty Stewart, St. Francis University, Pennsylvania men's basketball player, joins me. And honestly, this was an awesome and super revealing conversation for me. It was great to hear Ty's story as he walked through his days in Silver Springs, Maryland growing up and how he got involved in playing basketball in the AAU circuit all the way through to the influence that his dad and others had on him playing basketball and realizing that it was his path to be able to go to college his recruitment process and what that looked like what it was like taking an official visit to his first school at binghamton transferring from binghamton and ultimately winding up at st francis and the lessons he's learned along the way ty was a really really great person and i really appreciated talking to him and honestly i'm glad to be able to call him a friend now Ty also is a podcaster and he'll give a shout out to his podcast, Jersey Talk, as well on the show. So be sure to follow him and listen to him moving forwards. Without further ado, Tyler Stewart. I'm now joined by St. Francis University men's basketball player, Tyler Stewart. Tyler, thanks for coming on.
1: Drew, what's up, man? Thanks for
0: having me today. So before we dive in, I know today is Halloween when we are recording. I got to ask, growing up favorite candy favorite halloween costume you ever had Did you ever go trick-or-treating give me word, some favorite halloween memories.
1: <laughs> nah man i was definitely a trick-or-treater as a kid um i used to go around the neighborhood um sometimes when i got older it was like a little bit makes like some moves on halloween i like, know like a big thing you go to like a little party or something like that back in the yep. day but uh no nah, i'm not really big on dressing up now or going out too much now but um so yeah just chilling today
0: that's fun. That's fun. Well, I appreciate you doing this. Uh, like I said, Tyler plays basketball at St. Francis University. We're going to dive into, you know, his whole athletics career from growing up in Silver Spring, Maryland, to playing ball in high school and and his recruiting process and and everything in between. So, I guess with that, we'll just sort of start at the beginning. Tell me about your your first first memories and in getting involved with sports. Was it always basketball, or was there something else that caught your eye?
1: yeah man early on it was always basketball man basketball was always my um my big thing i did play football i did play football when i was in like fifth grade to seventh grade um and that was really fun i loved that but it, i was always a basketball guy basketball guy first man and i was actually terrible when i first started <laughs> when i first started it was it was almost embarrassing i do my, my pops used to tell me like we used to go to gyms I used to like pick up the ball and run with it. Like just <laughs> play, play defense, foul kids. I was like always the worst one out there. So, but. I <laughs> it got it. So out.
0: so for those that don't know, Tyler is, is six eight. Were you like, were you that long, lanky, goofy kid that they would stick in the post? You know what I mean? Like in like fifth grade, they're like, you go with your back to the basket yeah, and right. like don't move out of this little four foot box.
1: Was that you or did they? Drew, no lie, man. I remember it was, um, it was like a fifth. It was like fifth grade. Fifth grade. We play. I played for the DC Heat. Yeah. So, and I was Maryland. It was Maryland Madden until it was like fourth grade. We didn't even transfer to DC, DC Heat yet. I had a coach. He was like, "Yo, Ty, if you get the ball and you get a rebound, just hold it. I don't care if you're wide open. No, one, you know, I don't care if you're wide open. Can you dribble down the court? Just hold it until the guard comes. Yeah. You know? I, you know, I got so many traveling calls just by like trying to dribble. Then I can just remember, oh, I said, I, he said I can't dribble, so I would just stumble and stuff like that
0: dude it's so funny because like even i remember like when i was playing high school ball you know we had a kid who was six seven and he was like he was like your quintessential stretch for today like he was the guy that like wasn't really a banger type body he was more of like a lean you know he would belong more on the wing and i just remember my coaches like screaming at him he was like yo get in the paint like you are you are so tall like get down there and it's amazing to think about like just how much the game has evolved and changed now obviously like the last thing you would want to do is to right. force somebody into that that mold it's crazy exactly man Exactly. so 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 you grow up and you mentioned you know you first started playing you were kind of a, a post guy and you're, you're you're you know down there when did you sort of evolve into like a, a quasi wing and I guess was that also when you started to like take basketball more seriously like talk to me about getting through that sort of middle and into high school phase we're
1: yeah well middle and high school um, I guess, it's like, kind of break it up. I started taking basketball more seriously when I in 10th grade, actually, okay. really when I realized more, like, the business aspect and the opportunities that presented through basketball and the need to actually take uh, and capitalize on those opportunities if I wanted to go to college. Yeah. But just coming up and becoming more re- transferred to a wing, Um, I loved, I just loved wing players. You know what I'm saying? I always loved Kobe. Been a KD guy. Um, I used to like Lamar Odom when I was kind of making that transition yeah. from uh, big to big to guard. You know, and uh, college guys, I actually loved Jeremy Lamb. Um, yeah, he was one of my favorite college players. I used to just watch his game, and I so I kind of just started emulating their moves and stuff
0: like that. And, that and guy, you said, you, you, said, you said Jeremy Lamb, right? Yeah, 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 Jeremy yeah. Lamb. So I went to UConn. I'm a UConn undergrad guy. Right. Jeremy Lamb was there when I was there, uh, right. freshman, his freshman and sophomore year. And like, I to your point, like, I just remember watching him move, and he was one of those guys. Like, his body type almost was so weird. It felt like his arms were like so long. Oh yeah. You know what I mean, like, yeah, <laughs> it felt like like he would like he would do stuff, or he would go up to like I remember he had a dunk against Harvard his freshman year. And he like. Jab right, he was on the left wing. He like jab right, got his defender on his side hip, like took two dribbles with his left and rose up from like Wait, outside right? the block. Yeah, with his right, yeah, and, like, dunked over a guy. Yeah, yeah. and I'm like, who the <laughs> hell is this guy? Like, like what, yeah, <laughs> like, what is dead. that? <laughs> yeah, God, it's awesome. That's awesome. So, like, you know, you're, you're, I want to dive into this a little more. You said like 10th grade, you sort of realize like the business side of right. You know, basketball, right? Yeah. Like, at that point you're obviously playing a U basketball and you're playing high school ball. What was that like? Just trying to even balance all of that from like war work workouts during the week. I'm sure you had school obligations during, Not you sure. know, the fall and winter. And then obviously you're playing like year round travel ball. Just like, what was all that like? And who were you yeah, playing man. for? And who are some of the names you're playing against? Well, yeah, man. Like it's,
1: it's really going into, going into high school. I went to St. Andrews um, yeah. Episcopal school and going into there the team, the team, wasn't anything to talk about. Um, They're always they were in the MAC conference, which wasn't big yet. We didn't have any. No Division One players had ever gone to that school, so I was, I was like kind of like the first class that of recruiting that they brought in. So just that was new and it was different basketball wise because the coaching um, every day day to day was just extremely. Let's say. Building, up-building, like, you know what I'm saying? Like, really yeah. for your character. Um, Shout-out to Coach Harvey and Coach Jones, my coaches over there, but on and off the court. So, like, while I was dealing with stuff off the court, um, that grounding and stuff, uh, having basketball, always, like, you know what I'm saying, helped me.
0: So you go into St. Andrews, like yeah. you said, and, you know, that maybe the history isn't there. Right. By the time you leave, you guys are conference champions. You're an all-conference player. Right. You know, you're obviously getting into the recruiting stuff, and we'll talk about that in a second. But just, like, how cool was that to be part of that growth of that program and sort of, like, setting the foundation, like you yeah. said, of, like, being one of the first Division One basketball players to come out of there and, and sort of raising the bar of expectations at St. Andrews?
1: Yeah, man. it's Looking back at it, it's something I can really be proud of. And it's, it's really a blessing. It's really a blessing, you know what I'm saying? I think just to be able to be put in that position was – extremely cool just look back and see some of the guys that are coming out of here now we had like guys like benny williams at syracuse um anthony de at florida you know what i'm saying so we've had a lot of guys come out of there and just to see what it was and where it is now yo it's totally (laughs) different yo we used to play in this little tin can gym hot as a bug yo used to go in there for a summer workout come out like lose 10 pounds yeah yeah (laughs) yeah
0: I feel like yeah, every I have one of those gyms, too. I feel like everybody's got that one where it's yeah. like, you say, like, yeah, we're practicing in there today. You're like, God, no. Like, yeah. You're like, yeah, no, please.
1: Right, man. And, but it's it's great to see, like, the progress that the school and the basketball pro- program has made, bro.
0: That's awesome. That's awesome. And so, you know, like you said, you, you, you were a Division I basketball player. But to get there, obviously, you had to go through the recruiting process. Just when did you sort of receive your first – you know, recruiting interest or yeah. recruiting correspondence, and like maybe what were some of the schools, you know, who showed the most interest and we can dive into, you committed to Binghamton, so we can yeah. dive into that in a second, but maybe some outside of Binghamton, who were some of the schools that showed you the most interest?
1: Um, Really, bro, my, I feel like my recruitment was a little, I was a little more of a late bloomer. Um, mm-hmm. I got onto an, a, a circuit, so I played with uh, DC Thunder, which used to be DC Assault. Um, mm-hmm. That organization kind of like had some issues. They went over to DC Thunder. So I, I hopped onto that team and played on the um Adidas circuit. On the Adidas Circuit. Okay. On yeah high quality, you know, high quality comp. And that gave me more exposure, It gave me more confidence, which I brought back to my senior year, which helped me. But um just going into that year, it's that summer, I had a lot of confidence. And playing on that, on that, on that uh on that platform kind of helped my recruitment. I was able to get ranked by ESPN. I was like the thirteenth ranked um in the state by ESPN. Coming out of my senior year, um, so if you look at that and our recruitment, it kind of didn't match up. I, that's why I kind of say I was a late bloomer because I only had four offers, I only yeah. had four offers coming out of um, out of high school. So it was Binghamton, Central Connecticut State, Monmouth, and um, it was Binghamton, CCSU, Monmouth. Mm. Ooh. damn, ah.
0: <laughs> damn, <laughs> it was, yeah. no, I not
1: remember the fourth, bro. But, but yeah, look, like, yeah. um. Yeah, so, and then I just felt like Binghamton, I had a fun visit. That was a crazy, that was a crazy experience too,
0: but, but uh, to- Yeah, hold on. So, hey, what, like, when you when you go on these visits, like you said yeah. that was a fun visit, like yeah. what What are some of the things you guys were doing? Like, obviously there's the stuff that people know about, right, like you're yeah. going to look at facilities and you're going to look at locker rooms and all that stuff, but. Yeah. Like what kind of happens outside of all that maybe that you can sh- shed a little light on? Shit. <laughs> I mean, bro, yo, man, it's four years in the past. So I, I, I don't even
1: care about it. But like, yo, man, I was, I was on the, um on a visit. And <laughs> so we go on a bowling with the team, bro. Yeah, And then it's like, a it's a Friday night. And I'm just thinking, okay, we going out bowling. You know what I'm saying? It's cool. Well, all right. All right, bowling, whatever. Yeah. And then the coach comes up to this play, uh, one of the players, he's like, yo, we, you know take them out and show them a good time so like you know what I'm saying. we're trying to get him and he goes bet so they take me out to this party right you know what i'm saying mind you in high school i'm not a big party i'm not a big like you know what i'm saying i'm not a big drinker and everything and then so i go out to this party with the with the with the, with the dudes and with the guys and everything and my eyes are just open <laughs> my eyes are just open all i can say bro like we went into this one party Boom, they uh, the guys they, they had to tell me this because I was so I got so drunk this night, I like blacked out and everything. I woke up on the couch. With, <laughs> yo. <with it. laughs> with, yo, so they turned their head and they they turned they their they they head back to me and I was gone. They, like for like in like a minute, I was behind the bar drinking pouring shots at people's mouth, like, hey, I'm coming to big up to I'm coming to big up to they like, oh yeah, yeah. you know what I'm yeah, saying? Yeah, I didn't yeah. jump the uh, turn in there. So. <laughs> But yeah, so that was like, that was something crazy on my, on my visit, but boom, look, the next day that like, people got to understand that like, guys have practice the next day. So, you know what I'm saying? They going out too, they doing anything, but they got practice in the morning and I'm not used to that. So I'm coming into, I'm coming into the practice sloppy, smelling like alcohol. I got to talk to the coach after,
0: you feel me? Like, I am like, yo, but that was definitely an experience, but.
1: You know what I'm saying? Definitely learn from that.
0: It grew. From when did so? It sounds like obviously it was a, it was a great official visit. It sounds yeah. like, sounds like that. When when did you actually commit? And and was it like right then, or did you go home and kind of think about things? Would you take any other visits outside of that?
1: Um, no, nah, I took uh, I, I took one more visit. No, I took my no no after that. I think I took my CCSU visit before that, a few weeks before that, and after that, I think a few weeks after that, I committed.
0: When like, I want to sort of peel back layers in that Mm -hmm. for a second about like official visits. So obviously recruiting, you know, is a interesting, it's an inexact science. You know, there's people have, you have a board and you have a limited number of scholarships, especially in basketball, you know, there's 13 Mm -hmm. scholarships to go for a team, right? And you got small classes, you got to fill positional needs, you got to, you know, you're maybe, maybe guys are over signing, but there's a lot of stuff that goes on that's you know an offer doesn't always mean an offer kind of a thing right right when when kids are coming in to visit and we can use binghamton as sort of in the past like does the coach kind of say you mentioned like he told the players like hey you know we really want this guy like do you kind of know which guys are like high up on the board do they tell you like hey make sure we take care of this guy like we want this kid Mm, versus maybe a kid that comes in on a visit is kind of like you know, he's third or fourth down the, down the list.
1: Yeah. That's a great question. Um, Yeah. And you can tell, you can tell, and some coaches will actually be um completely honest with you. I know I went on a temple visit Uh, coach McKee. He told me like, just straight up, like, yeah, you're, your third, you're third uh, on our list right now. So, you know, I ended up not getting that, obviously not getting that scholarship. So some, so when you go on some visits, they'll be transparent. And I guess like the type of visit, you have will also if it's official or unofficial will tell a lot about it too
0: when you are but even now as like a player host Mm, like do you know which kids when they bring kids on campus like Mm. do you kind of know like okay yeah like this guy you know we want this guy or we think we have a good chance with this guy or maybe like a kid comes in on a visit and he's fresh off his visit to somewhere else and he's right, feeling right. you know great about that other school. And maybe he's third down on y'all's board. Like, do you kind of know when you're hosting players from like a player's perspective, mm-hmm. like, yeah, this kid maybe could commit, or we really want this kid.
1: Yeah. I, I you can get that feel as well. I never personally hosted a, a recruit, but just being around them that you can, you can get that feel.
0: Gotcha. Gotcha. And so let's dive into your, your Binghamton career then. So obviously you commit. Uh, after a great official visit, and <laughs> you know your freshman year goes pretty well. I mean, you play you play in twenty four games. You you start eight games. You know you 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 have a really good season. Just sort of what was that like? Like adjusting to college and and you know moving up from Maryland to New York and and just getting started in, in your college career. Shit,
1: man, it was it was actually tough. I actually in my freshman year. Um, my first year I got there, I got a concussion, which Turns out I actually had – I'm um, still dealing with a series of concussions, actually. I am I'm on my sixth, like fifth or sixth right now. But
0: uh, – <laughs> Oh, my God.
1: Yeah, man. So, going on there, I registered my freshman – my freshman year. My redshirt freshman year playing, Um, I felt like it was just a big year to prove myself. You know what I'm saying? I, I wanted to play coming in there. Um, I got the concussion going right into the season. So, and they were already trying to teeter if they were going to register me or not. So, they did. So I just used that that year to just like kill on scout team and everything, and I got an opportunity. Um, my my sophomore year academically, freshman year, but man, off the court, bro, I gotta tell you, man, like it wasn't it wasn't like the visit, you know what I'm saying? It wasn't yeah. like the visit, and just talking to a lot of people from Binghamton, uh, you know, it definitely had his had good parts about it. Met some good people up there, but it wasn't overall of a kind of a depressive just state just a very gloomy like cloud over the whole city for just that whole environment was kind of you know it's kind of tough to be in sometimes
0: yeah and and so you know obviously yes that leads to to your sophomore year and that your your sophomore year redshirt sophomore year I should say was was cut short by injury at that point you know between the, the another injury and like you said, the sort of the environment that you were right. in or just maybe the culture or whatever you want to call it, yeah. like that sort of leads into your decision to transfer, I guess what, like when you're making that decision, are you, who are you talking to? Are you talking to your, your parents? You mentioned your dad out Like are you talking yeah. to them? Are you talking to your coach? Like who are you sort of leaning on for that advice?
1: That's a good question too, man. Just, um, you got to know what you, you got to know what you want to do. You got to know what you want to do. Um, and sometimes if you don't, it's best to, in my situation, I leaned on my on my close friend and my teammate, um, and my my father as well. Um, you know, I didn't, I didn't have a, I didn't have a very personal off the court relationship with the coaches at Binghamton. and I think not a lot of players did, which was, you know what I'm saying, led to some disconnection. But yeah, yeah man, I think just like, you just gotta know what you want, want to do, and know what's best for you, and then ask those people like like I did was with my friend and my and my dad, you know what I'm saying, just to kind of help me and guide me through the situation of transferring.
0: That's great. And it's obviously great that you're able to to leverage those close relationships and make, mm-hmm. you know, obviously it was not an easy decision, especially, you know, you spent three total years there, two, um, you know, I guess eligibility years, if you will, yeah. playing, you know, as a retro freshman and sophomore. So you enter the – is it the transfer portal at that point or you still yeah. have – to clear transfer like
1: portal, yeah. Transfer portal, yeah. man. That was a crazy process, bro. Cause like I told like I was saying, when my redshirt sophomore season got cut, I was it was another concussion. I like I said, I had a series of concussions that lost that lasted very long for a very long period of time, like um post concussive syndrome and just like the rehab took a lot of time. So I was that's I was still dealing with that from the time that that injury happened, which was in like November of like what 2008, 17, 18 or and then until the next year, you know what I'm saying, when I was actually wow. trying to transfer. When I was in the portal, bro, I was emailing coaches, bro. I was emailing coaches. I didn't have my freshman my freshman year film and just kind of like praying, bro, because honestly, I, I wasn't even clear to play. Like yeah. I was – whoever was going to offer me was going to have to take a chance that I was going to be able to clear get even get back on the court again. Like I medically – was disqualified from Binghamton. Like that's they basically disqualified me, me but I couldn't even. They would not
0: even gonna let me get back on the court, even if that's, I wanted to stay. Yeah, gosh, that's insane. And maybe before we dive into like the transfer yeah. process, maybe just touch a little bit more on. You mentioned the the post concussion syndrome and yeah. the recovery and the and the rehab effort that it took for you to even potentially get back out on the court again, like. Yeah how arduous was that process? Like, would you ever lose faith in it? Like, did you lean on your dad again for that extra support? Like that had to be a very tough process at times.
1: Yeah, man, it was, it was extremely, it was extremely tough because one, obviously the physical component of it just of being in, you know, having a constant headache every day for, in my case, like a year plus, like, you know what I'm saying? Like a year, two years every day, you know what I'm saying, like. Would and it just other other symptoms would made it complicated. But I leaned on different people, not just my father, because that whole experience kind of made me look at a lot of a lot of a lot of things differently, bro. Made me approach a lot of things differently and kind of realize what I wanted to do, what I was doing, and where my future may be. So I had yeah. I didn't just lean on my father because that was a different type of conversation. So I was reaching out to different type of people like my sister. Uh, like when I would want to talk about, like I was like in my bag, you know what I'm saying? Like in my feelings, I would, I had some female friends I would talk to, something like that, just kind of like get get out of my own head. You feel me? You know
0: what I'm saying? Yeah, so like, I mean, I feel like it's 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 great to talk about because I feel like so much of what you know, what I see as a fan, right? Like, mm-hmm. you know, I I flick on the TV and I see you playing basketball. I'm like, oh, there's a there's a guy playing basketball, like, right. I, You know, I don't know your struggles i don't know your what it took for you to even get back out on the court like you you play this game your whole life and you you know go on a visit and you're sold a, a vision or you're sold a, an experience that you know isn't necessarily what you had or what you went through and then not only that on top of that you're struggling with you know injury stuff and so it's a great story of perseverance and so i appreciate you just shedding some light on that because it's it's not always as as glamorous as maybe it you know seems when I right. am sitting on my couch in January and I flick on a game and I see San Francis, San Francis playing. So I appreciate you sharing some of that. No,
1: no, 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 no problem, man. Got to keep it real. Got to keep it real, bro. Yeah. <laughs>
0: so, so let's dive back into the portal for a second. So, yeah. you know, you enter, you, you're emailing coaches, you're sending your film. That recruiting process. How much different is that from the high school recruiting process?
1: It's different. It's real different, cause in my experience, it's more outreach. Um, when you're in high school, it's more coaches reaching out to you. You know what I'm saying? And then yeah. it's more of a you're more cocky with it back in high school. You feel me? Like damn, I'm going to get these offers. They are gonna come in. Um, shit, I was even like that even when I, when I only had a few. I only I didn't even get any offers in my in my last live here just cause I lost focus for a little bit. Back in high school, you just feel like yeah, it's gonna come. When yep. you're more mature and realize the situation in, in, in the transfer portal, you have to be more proactive, you know what I'm saying? So right, it's,
0: versus it's, reactive, yeah. For sure.
1: And it was definitely more stressful because, obviously, I was saying, like, I wasn't getting cleared, so.
0: Yeah, and so you, you sent a note to, you know, a bunch of schools, St. Francis is obviously one that you – communicated with who which what coach at St. Francis did you primarily communicate with and when did you realize this may be an opportunity that you actually could could follow through on
1: um I first heard back from a uh, coach Umar Shannon who is now at um St. Peter's but um shout out to coach oh great guy then I, I also talked with uh, coach Taylor mm-hmm. um, he's more about our positions coach for the forwards um and then then it led up to coach Kreml within like about a week's time you know, and Did then, yeah, on a visit? yeah I, I went on, I went on a visit, uh, in the, in May, in May, okay. what uh, was it May? Yeah. Right. Right. When school was ending, I took a visit. So I went down there, uh, with my father, my father went down there with me and they offered me on, they offered me and I committed on spot, bro. I committed on yeah. spot. Yeah.
0: That's great. That's awesome. That's yeah. great. And it's, I mean, it's obviously, it's great to hear that. You got not only, you know, it worked out, you got an opportunity, but it seems like it's, it's working out well. And so, you know, you, sure. you come in as a, as a redshirt junior, you know, and but redshirt junior, redshirt sophomore. Sorry. Redshirt
1: sophomore. Cause I I got a redshirt sophomore year. And yeah, I actually right.
0: got the, yeah. You got, the, you got the medical, medical year, right, right? right? Yes, sir. Yeah. Yes, sir. So, so you come in and you're actually still a, a, a redshirt sophomore because you get a medical year added on. And that sophomore year, you guys are pretty good, right? You played in the NEC title game, right?
1: Yeah, man, we got to the NAC championship that game against Robert Morris. Uh, we had some great, we had some real good, we had some Hoobers on that team, man. We had some, we had some Hoobers on that team. Uh, my man's Keith Braxton, um, Isaiah Blackman. He actually plays for the um the Swarm, the uh, Hornets yeah, G League team
0: up in Greensboro. Yeah,
1: yeah, yeah. So we had some Hoobers down there for sure.
0: What and so obviously, you know, you come in and. What are you expecting from your experience? Are you are you are you expecting anything at all? I guess I should should say, and maybe how did that first year like? Did it validate your decision to transfer and leave Binghamton? Like, did you like? What was the sort of like feeling after that first year?
1: Yo, man, that first year, I just felt so hungry again. I was just so hungry. I felt like, yo, I'm back. I'm back. But it took me a while to actually fully get back. You know what I'm saying? um, Yeah, playing at the level that I, I ex, uh, expected myself to play at and just like mentally, because I had never played a full season. Not, this is my first full season of college basketball yeah. just because of injuries and everything. Um, So just my getting my body used to that and my mind used to that uh, and just kind of trying to gel with the, gel with the new team. But it it definitely turned out well. We had a great year.
0: Two questions for you. One, like when you're rehabbing and you're doing all that stuff, trying to come back from the concussion, how much basketball-related activities are you actually able to do? And then two, maybe just touch on like how much of a grind is the regular season of a college basketball season playing, you know, 31 games, wherever it is you guys play? Yeah, man. Um, It's strenuous. It's strenuous on the body and
1: depending on if you – it's ups and downs, man. You know, athletes ride those that roller coaster of the ups and downs. So you can be out one time when you're winning, hit a losing streak and shit seems like it's like it's about to hit the wall, but you just gotta stay consistent. And I think that's the hardest thing for college athletes. You know what I'm saying? Stay consistent, like on the court and bitch off the court as we grow as people, just trying to find ourselves and you know what I'm saying, like I said, on the court and off the court and just finding that consistency. That's key. And that was key for me, bro. Just trying to find a routine.
0: Yeah. Real quickly, one other question I want to touch on your on the concussion comeback again. Real mm-hmm. quickly, Don't worry, what um how many how much basketball related activities were you able to do when you were coming back from the concussion? Um, when you were rehabbing and mm-hmm. and you know doing all that stuff.
1: Yeah, man. Um, there was it's a lot of off the court stuff. It's not a lot. Of, I can't do contact for a lot for many months. I wasn't able to do contact. We had a summer session, so summer session lasts like five weeks. When I first got to St. Francis, I wasn't able to do a contact until like the last week, like the last couple of days, honestly. And then I still wasn't even—I was still getting dizzy and woozy and stuff like that. So it wasn't a lot of on the court; it's more like vestibular work rehab with a with a a PT guy. And then I have a trainer that I do all that we did on the court stuff with.
0: Gotcha, gotcha. And so, like you said, you know, sophomore or redshirt sophomore year at St. Francis. You guys had a great team. You had a bunch of ballers. You guys played the NEC title game. Mm -hmm. And then COVID happens. (laughs) And for a while, like, you don't even know if you're going to play a season. Like, what was it like being an athlete? And before we even talk about, like, actually playing the games and, like, going through all that, just, like, the unknown period of the end of that school year through like maybe the start of the following school year like were you guys able to practice at all were you able to like pick up a ball and see your teammates at all like what was what were the challenges getting through that period
1: yeah bro like so when COVID hit it was a few days after the NEC championship game school got cut you know what I'm saying so I was actually back home um when school got clipped so I was actually driving on my way back to campus when I got that text so I just turned back around you know what I'm saying? So I just stayed back home for the rest of the year. But what we did was, our coaches made it, made a point of trying to stay in contact with each other. You know what I'm saying, because we were having a lot of new pieces, trying to get everybody comfortable with each other, which took a while. Um, but yeah, we're just trying to, just trying to like, it was hard. It was hard because you don't, you don't, you, like you said, you don't know if you're going to get back on the court or not. You don't, so you have to do a lot of stuff on your own, which was hard as well because. Courts was closed. Couldn't go to yeah. parks. You know what I'm saying? Um, had to wear masks. Couldn't couldn't gather. So there's a lot of complications during the season that we had to face.
0: Yeah. I mean, you're basically like, you're basically back at your house doing one on, you know, one on zero in your driveway, right. you know, exactly. back, like, put the, pull, pull the chair out of the garage, the folding chair out of the garage, uh, take it out there. And, <laughs> bro, know. I know you remember
1: during quarantine, bro, everybody for those first couple of weeks they was on a phone doing the pushups, like, oh, yeah, we am yeah. my
0: work doing the pushups recording themselves.
1: <laughs> hey, I was one of
0: my go <laughs> Yeah, Oh, yeah, I was, supposed, I was, gonna, I, my friends and I were all like, oh, yeah, man, you know, we'll see who, we'll see who did the quarantine right. Now yeah. you right. <laughs> right. And I'm like, yo, don't look at me. So, you know, obviously you get through all of the, the sort of individual workout stuff and you guys are able to actually like come back to campus and you're able right. to have a season. You talked about like having a bunch of new pieces, just how difficult was it to like Actually, incorporate those guys into the team and develop that that sort of team culture when you guys were having to follow all sorts of stringent, you know, social distancing, right. capacity restrictions, all that kind of stuff. Was that a challenge at all? It definitely was,
1: bro, because we actually got a few guys get hit with the, um, with like uh, COVID during the season. Um, yeah, they didn't have any symptoms, but and that's what the thing we thought was some was some po- false, like uh, false positives or false positives. Yeah, false positives. Yeah. Positive. yeah. So um, we had a few, we had some instances with that, and a few guys were out for a few weeks, had some injuries, so we didn't get any continuity for real. We couldn't get any continuity. Um, we beat Pitt our first game. We had everybody. Um, the second game, our best player, our point guard, got hurt, and he was out for a while. So you know, just stuff. It stuff kept happening like that throughout the year. So
0: were you even able to like, or were you even allowed to? like gather with one another outside of the basketball facilities or outside of playing in the games together? Like, was it tough to like build that camaraderie and chemistry? Cause I feel like, and tell me if I'm wrong, I feel like so much of that team building and like the team bonding, it happens like you guys are playing 2k with somebody or like, you're just like hanging out. Like were you even able to do any of that during the COVID season? Or was it like a strictly like go to your apartment, go to the gym, go practice, go, you know, shower, go home sort of deal.
1: Yeah, bro. It was def- Um, you couldn't, the showers were turned off. So they didn't even um let us shower in the locker rooms anymore. Um, But honestly, it wasn't too much of that off the court. Like they were, they didn't strictly enforce like harsh rules where we were strictly confined and boom, 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 everything orderly, you yeah. know what I'm saying? But like, so we could still gather. We just had to wear a mask and everything like that. And we were- and our, bro, that's another thing. Our campus is small, and we're in like the middle of West bumblefuck PA. So like nobody wears mask up here anyway, and nobody didn't really care. And like I said, like the, the campus is small. We're not wasn't a lot of people on campus, so people still did gather. People still did gather. There wasn't too much scare about the virus. There wasn't. I don't think there was enough scare about the virus at, at that time and everything, but.
0: So, what um can, what what like what was like your sort of daily requirements if you don't mind me asking like you said you said you guys could still gather and they had shut the showers off like right. when you guys would show up to the facility was it like an automatic test in the morning or what did like what did it look like just like a standard sort of day I guess during that period
1: well mask at all times um no more than uh what was it four people in the locker room at a time testing four times four I think four times a week. four testing four times a week
0: and that was pretty much it though that's crazy that's crazy and so obviously that season went by and you know it was it was a strange year I guess did you guys ever even have fans in the in the stands no
1: no zero fans my guy (laughs) you
0: know we didn't have
1: any fans bro and that's the thing like um we do get a pretty good attendance for um for a small population but yo man we matter of fact we played at liberty one time and this was even weirder because they had like just a few fans <laughs> You feel yeah yeah it's either no fans or pack fans but that game it was just a few fans and that was the weirdest game because you could hear every direct voice like right it was right in your ear and it was 20 like know, there was 20 seats back but it was just weird because you could distinctively um hear out different voices
0: that's so fun like i feel like I feel like it was almost louder playing, like, in in AAU games. Because at least, like, AAU games, you're going to, like, a sportsplex or something, right? There's, like, 10 10 courts. You're hearing, like, whistles. You're hearing screaming. You're hearing whatever. Like, that had to be such a bizarre thing. And I would have thought, it's interesting you said that, like, the games with the few fans were almost Mm -hmm. even weirder. Because, like, I would have thought, like, the totally silent gym would have been just such a bizarre experience. Like, maybe, like, that first game when you guys ran out Mm -hmm. against Pitt. So there's no fans in the arena, like, was it just a sort of like, did you take a moment to like soak it all in at all? Were you just like, this is crazy, like, we're even here? Like, what was that sort of initial feeling like?
1: Yeah, you definitely had to get used to it. Um, The coaches actually did a good job of kind of us kind of preparing us for it, I guess, like as much as they can, just like mentally, like it's telling us it's going to be different and everything. But at the end of the day, bro, it's kind of just like pickup. You know what I'm saying? It's kind of just like pickup. You just get that feel like no one's really in the gym you can kind of play a little bit more looser. Yeah. Like just more loose, you know what I'm saying? And then – so, like – but you can definitely – you under, you can understand like who's a talker on the court because it's evident. It's evident who's going to be calling out screens, who's, like, right. an energy guy. And that was, like, the biggest – that was the biggest difference. You hear
0: chatter on the court more. That's awesome. That's awesome. And so, obviously, you know, thankfully we're we're – through that, and you guys are gonna be able to have fans this year. And your senior year is getting ready to start. Uh, what are you hoping to, you know, accomplish in, in your your last season of college basketball?
1: Yeah, man. To be honest with you, bro, this year as as I kind of just grown in college basketball and grown as a person, bro, and just found other interests. My main my main personal goal is to just be the best teammate I can be. Whatever, whether that means like going in the game. And score some points, grab some rebounds, boom! I know I can do that. I know I can. I'm capable of doing that. And my, I think my teammates know I'm capable of doing that. And my coaches, but if they need me to sit on the bench and clap, get get somebody some water, bro. Like how much how much ice you want, bro? You feel me? <laughs> like yo, <laughs> yeah. I'm about gonna be a selfish dude. Like I just want my team to win, and I just want to play my role, bro. Honestly, like, and that's the that's the thing I think in college basketball, bro. And it, being a Hooper in general, you always want to get to the league. That's that's your that's your goal. But at some point, bro, you just got to realize, like, that might not be for me. And I think God has placed other things in, in, in my life where I can capitalize on those things. That basketball is now just was the avenue for those things. But, you know what I'm saying? So, at the end of the day, that's my personal goal. But my team goal, bro, I'm trying to get that shit before I get a better. it. Yep, yep. I need that shit. I need yep. that. So, we definitely trying to rebound as a team bro. we all are hungry. We locked in right now. Um, and we focus, but we trying to get that shit. We trying to get that shit.
0: That's awesome. That's awesome. And so you guys obviously are, you know, the season's coming up. The first game is at George Washington. You guys have mm-hmm. some, some big opportunities. I think you actually start with like four of your first five on the road. Yeah. Before we, you know, transition, I want to touch on some of the things you said too about, um, you know, life outside of basketball, but mm-hmm when you talk about like wanting to eat the chip and have a great year as a good record, like how important is it for you guys to lock in those first few games on the road and really bring, bring it on a consistent basis?
1: Bro, you know how everybody says like, and it's true. It it only really matters in in conference play, but you can't just turn it on in conference play. No, You you gotta go through the battles and get the scars now and all the experience now. So it's extremely important that we lock in right now. It's extremely important that we that we gon that we get hungry. That we gotta get like my how I how I operate, bro. Like it's kind of different sometimes. But I wanna get like I wanna get like I'm starting to already get that dog mindset. You like I'm trying yeah. to fight, like we gotta be in a fight these first couple of games because these is money games. And like I yeah. said, bro, I want to chip and I wanna check too. Damn it. <laughs> yeah. I wanna dub and I wanna check and I wanna check yes. it all. It all starts now. It starts from these big games. We got Illinois, like you say, GW. So, like, getting this bump and this exposure early is going to be great for for, for our team, man.
0: That's awesome. That's awesome. And so, um, real quickly, let's touch on, yeah, you mentioned wanting to go to the league. Like, every Hooper wants to go to the league, Mm -hmm. but at some point you realize maybe that's not in your future what do you think is in your future? What What's your major? Is there you know something outside of basketball that has sort of interested you, or are you still looking for something to, to catch your eye, or looking for something else outside of the basketball?
1: Nah, man, and I definitely found I found two things that I want to do. One is teach, so I'm getting my master's in education right now. That's awesome. Like, more More immediately, bro. I want to I want to do what you're doing, man. I, I'm on the other side of the interview. I have my uh, podcast myself um the uh, jersey talk you can follow that on ig uh on on subscribe on youtube as well but yeah man I, i'm I'm really into journalism now and I just want to tell stories i want to tell stories I think everybody has a story and you just got to find the right avenue to tell it in and it doesn't matter if you're big or like have a big name or or a small name everybody can benefit from a story i feel like and so that's what I kind of want to My passion is now. I love that.
0: I love that. And there's, I mean, what's great about what you said, you know, becoming a teacher is there's two ways that you can impact that story, being both in education and being in having a podcast, right? Is as a teacher, you can help shape people and help shape people's stories. You can influence, you know, when somebody is sitting here and they're talking to you on a podcast, all the people that you've thanked and you've mentioned, like, that's going to be you. Someone's going to be sitting at the other end of that and saying, you know, man, you know, uh, t- you know, Mr. Stewart, like, you know, he really helped me. He really, you know, got my mind straight. And then you're also going to be the guy that's sitting here asking the questions. <laughs> and You know, hey, who's somebody that helps shape you, you know, shape whatever. So that's awesome, man. That's 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 great stuff. And, and I love that the, the model there because everybody does have a story. Yeah, and like you said, it's not just you know, the, the NBA guys or the, you know, the all American this, or the, you know, famous singer that it's like, everybody out there has a, has a story. So that's great stuff. One more time, time for people, where can they find Jersey talk? Where can they follow you on socials and where can they follow the team? Boom.
1: All right. So you can follow the team at red flash MBB on Instagram. Um, You can follow me myself personally, Um at Big Ties as on Instagram B-I-G-T-Y-Z-E. No underscores on that one. And lastly, which what I really want y'all to follow, guys, this is what I'm really here for. You know what I'm saying? Jersey talk. We got great stuff coming for you. We got a mini dot coming. We have um a lot of great content on on um on the page. So make sure you check our IG. Jersey underscore talk. That's jersey underscore talk on IG. And just flip that around for Twitter talk underscore Jersey. Somebody already took Jersey talk, but <laughs> it's all good. We the better page. So we still, be going up. Um And so make sure you uh, tap in with us. And
0: yeah, good, good. yeah, man. Yeah. I'll, I'll second that plug. I've been following you guys now for, you know, a few weeks here. And I've really enjoyed some of the content you guys are, are, are putting out there. And it's, it's a cool look at, you know like you said the stories of individuals but also you know hopefully we get to see some behind the scenes stuff as the as the for season sure. comes out as well sure. so ty man i really appreciate you uh hopping on with me today this was a ton of fun and obviously best of luck to you guys and hopefully you can have a hot start this season and and i know for sure i'll be keeping track and keeping tabs on you guys as you go so thanks again
1: thanks man I appreciate it thanks for having me on man i've just i've been checking out your stuff too i've, I've peeped a few episodes of the pod man so Definitely keep keep uh keep doing what you're doing, man. I'm I'm taking notes myself, bro. So it's appreciated, man.
0: Blessings, bro. Thankful. Awesome, love it. Thanks, man. Word. Wow, so just what an awesome, awesome. Awesome interview with Ty. I really appreciated him taking the time to join me on Halloween and talk to me about everything from his life story to battling back from concussions to transferring to finding a home at St. Francis to playing through COVID and ultimately what he expects and wants out of this senior year. I know for me, I can't wait to follow him and follow the rest of the St. Francis team this year as they get off to that tough road start like we talked about and then move their way into Northeastern Conference conference play as well. I really appreciated Ty taking the time and look forward to following him moving forwards. In other college news this weekend, obviously it's another loss for my Nebraska Cornhuskers. This was actually the first Nebraska game that I just flat out didn't watch in years, probably ever to be honest. I was up in Winston-Salem watching my Wake Forest Demon Deacons move from 7-0 to 8-0 taking down Duke 45-7, Sam Hartman and the gang had it rolling on offense, and the defense finally came to play after a suspect last few weeks. Tonight is the first college football playoff ranking release, and it'll be really interesting to me to see where not just the Demon Deacons, but a few other teams line up as well. Wake Forest is 8-0, but, you know, the classic line, who you played, haven't played anybody, seems to come into effect every time that they are discussed despite the fact that Clemson would be ranked number one if they had their schedules so it seems interesting to me. I'm also curious to see what the committee does with Cincinnati. Cincinnati to me has been the clear number two team in the country this year and is one of three teams that has a win over a currently ranked in the top 10 AP poll team. It'll be interesting to see how the committee handles them and a few other teams as well including Oregon versus Ohio State, Oklahoma, Alabama and obviously we know Georgia will be number one but Seeing who rounds out the rest of those four should be very interesting as well. This is the first playoff committee rankings that I can actually say I'm looking forward to rather than watching in disgust on my couch and reacting knowing they're gonna screw somebody over that deserves to be in. Elsewhere in college football, it was interesting for Dan Mullen this week in Florida after getting blown out by Georgia. Dan Mullen basically said he's not recruiting during the year and it's interesting to see how hot his seat just might get. You know is a place where they expect to win national championships, despite the kind of interesting history there. It's not necessarily a place that you think of when you think of historical powers. And honestly, I'm almost wondering if those expectations are unrealistic at this point. But nevertheless, Dan Mullen can't come out and publicly say what he said about recruiting, especially when you compare it to what Kirby Smart said, talking about how he's always recruiting and It makes up at least 50% of the result of a game, including the other 25% being in-game coaching and, you know, identifying talent. Outside of that Georgia-Florida game, there was a few other interesting games this weekend. Michigan State came back from 30 to 14 down to take down Michigan, another classic game in that rivalry. And it was honestly, you know, very cool to follow along while I was out tailgating up in Winston-Salem. I'm happy for Mel Tucker and I'm happy for those guys, me slanting, you know, they continue to overachieve and fight and play really good hard-nosed football. And there's something to be said for the success that those guys are having in Mel's second season, they seem to have really bought into his culture and I'm happy for him and his team getting a signature win this season. Lastly, it was somewhat ugly for Ohio State against Penn State. And obviously because their name is Ohio State, that won't matter in the rankings, but the Buckeyes did eventually pull away and get a win. They head to Lincoln this weekend where they are 14 and a half point favorites and I would expect them to cover that and maybe even double that against my Nebraska Cornhuskers. This is a great get right opportunity for the Buckeyes and as long as they continue to win, I see no reason why they won't be in the college football playoff moving forwards. Well, that's it for another great week here on Rent Free. I appreciate you joining me and as always, if you wouldn't mind taking the time to rate and review or wherever you're listening, I appreciate the commentary. Thanks again, and we'll chat next week.